Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, West Virginia head coach Neil Brown and his wisdom as it relates to the West Texas wind. And we're power ranking the Big 12 Conference next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. You got it once again. It's Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day with the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan, and today's episode brought to you by Sweat Block. That's Sweat Block. If you are someone you love, even if you don't like them, really, why not give them a heads up? Is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor? Try Sweat Block. Save 20% with promo code LOCKED ON at Sweat Block. That's Sweat B L O C K sweatblock.com also available on amazon uh chris i don't know if i thought we may be sweating this one out so much coming up this saturday when west virginia comes to town as much as i do now when heading into last weekend's ball games and we've been going through some power rankings in the big 12 which we'll get back to here today west virginia been pretty comfortable in that bottom tier but they get their biggest win of the year so far and we're going to hear from their head coach neil brown coming up in just a bit and coach brown obviously someone chris that red raider fans very familiar with as he spent time here uh, now about a decade or a little more ago obviously as tech's offensive coordinator that was a professional segue i want you to know yeah i mean yeah i, 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 I sweat I, block I, keeping me dry I, and cool baby i gotta tell you and that's a product that does what it says it does i mean that's, that, exactly that's right. it, yeah pretty, pretty much those are the best products yeah <laughs> neil, neil was here for three years i, I really like neil i still talk to him on occasion um, he wanted this job. Uh, I mean, he, he really, really wanted it whenever Matt Wells got it. Yeah. I mean, I think he was really wanting to be involved in the search and I wouldn't have been just, mad at that either as a fan. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, and I think people, people remember him for some of the things on offense, like draw the joke is always, man. Yeah. Let's run a draw play on third and 20 after being <laughs> right down there next to him. That was Tommy Tuberville, right? That's Tommy Tuberville's defensive minded, you know, but I mean, you 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 think back to some of the players that that you know Neil and Tommy Maynard and Sonny Cumbie and Ooh. and some some of those guys were were there uh, recruiting. I mean, LaRaven Clark, Jakeem Grant. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, thank you, Tommy Maynard, for uh, Jakeem Grant. Yeah, DeAndre Washington. Mm. I mean, they, they they really had some dudes here, man, and they left NFL a lot guys. of guys here. Yeah, I mean, you know, so it was. It, it was fun to, and that was, you know, they were obviously in charge of the offense. But yeah, Neil's, uh, it's been, you know, and, and I think, I think he gets, uh, he, he's been on the hot seat or, or the seat is warm up there. But, you know, I think people don't realize, one, how hard that job is and how just unrealistic their fans are uh, because they're not in the Big East anymore. And I think they're so used to, the rich rod years and, and I've seen right. the facilities uh, up close. It, it's what's your recruiting base. Okay. I would ask these questions. There's a reason they kind of go to Florida to find some skilled players and this and that. But I think Neil, um, you know, he, he's, he just hadn't, and I thought Dana did a pretty good job, but they kind of ran him out of town and he just was kind of like, okay, I'm going to go try something else. So anyway, that's a tough job, man. It's just not, 
you know, they're always competitive and they've got the blue collar work ethic and all that. But I, I really did. I, I like Neil, who he was and what he stood for and just kind of organized he was. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, but he, he's, he's what dropped three in a row to, to Texas tech. And I know that that's uh, clearly a storyline up there. Yeah. Stinging him a little bit. Yeah. I'm sure I always, uh, I always was a fan of Neil Brown's uh, whenever he was on campus I was pro Neil Brown in a sense. I always felt like it was more so a conflict between a head coach and an offensive coordinator. Sometimes I didn't know how right I was. It's just kind of a feel I had. Maybe there's more truth to it than some know. Um, and I felt like whenever this choice was made to bring Matt Wells to campus, that Neil Brown, for my money's worth, would have been a fine enough choice after his time, uh, obviously, at Troy and, and what he had done up to that point, what we remembered uh, of his time here in the LBK. I kind of felt like, I remember that season, Chris, and that arrival as we compared uh, Chris Kleiman, Neil Brown, Matt Wells, and that's the way I ranked them as far as those hires. I think we saw, or at least I saw, maybe a valley for Kleiman I didn't anticipate while I anticipated some of the good stuff. Maybe a longer trudge for Neil Brown than I anticipated. I don't know if he's climbing his way out of it or not, but I kind of had some high hopes for him, and I'm a little bit surprised that the hot seat maybe has found him more so uh, quickly than than I anticipated, but it sounds like I wonder some of what you're describing there from fan base expectations. It ain't the Big East anymore, etc. Is that more driving the boat, or do you think his coaching staff has really underwhelmed like reasonable expectations as it relates to the roster schedule? Yada yada yada. Yeah, I, I think um, y- you know, because I, 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 I've seen that up close to where first of all, it's an interesting place. Okay, I mean, I remember the, one <laughs> right. of the one of the first times uh, that, that you went up there, and it was the I think it was when Jason Morrow is, is Cliff Cliff Kingsbury's first year, and you, you hit a big pass to Jason Morrow to, to kind of win the game, and I think you I think it was you're seven and zero at that point, and man, you're, you're feeling good. But I turn around in the stands, and there's a lady holding a baby and a beer, and she's uh, and she's she's shooting you the bird. You know, to 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 the to the to the the the, the sideline and everything, but I'm like, you got a baby, you got your your sauce, and then maybe you're shooting people the bird. I'm like, that is like, you know, Morgantown in a snapshot, man. I mean, maybe I, the baby's it, daddy was behind you. You just didn't yeah, know. That's right. That's right. That's right. But props to her. Uh, but but I, but I just, it's a hard job, man. It's a grind of a job, and I just don't. I, there's there's a lot of things that. One, we know the Big Twelve is really good. There's just not any off weeks, and I think you're you're in the state of Texas. You have this really nice recruiting base and, and all those things. But I just they don't want to hear that, and I'm not sure. trying to tell anybody that their expectations should be lowered. But it's just at some level you have to be realistic and and, and all that with it. And they think they should be winning ten or eleven games a year for the most part, and right. it's just. That's not, I mean, really only Oklahoma, which look at them now, but only Oklahoma has kind of rattled them off like that for the moment. Oklahoma State to a certain extent, but, uh, you know, this isn't this isn't Rich Rod in the Big East, man. This is UConn a, ain't a, on the schedule, brother. No, or Temple or, <laughs> or South Florida or whoever else you were playing back back then. Because it well, used to be Central Florida, though, soon. Yeah, Hold up. This is true. Used to, they, they'd play Miami. That, that was the big game. West Virginia right. Miami was the big one, and maybe Virginia Tech. But if you won that one, look out, you know, and uh, that's just not that's not the case anymore. Uh, let's get to some some sound from Neil Brown. I want to okay. get to uh, coming up in just a bit some some 
I guess, reflection on time in Lubbock as it relates to, I don't know, a breeze or two, making a challenge for a West Virginia team before and maybe how they're going to to tackle that. But uh, as I'm thinking of the word tackle, I want to get to a guy that that Joey McGuire mentioned several times as he kicked off the week, Chris. And I know that, that Tech fans have had nightmares about when it comes just to the name Stills in general. There's been a pair of them uh, up there for a while. We've moved on, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm checking myself minute to minute. We've moved on from Darius. Dante still very much swinging a hammer there in the West Virginia trenches. And I'm really curious to hear here how Neil Brown kind of outlined maybe how some others uh, have gone about trying to maneuver around Dante Stills. And if they've had some success with it, I don't know, maybe take a note in the audience and get it to Zach Kitley. Here's Neil Brown. Started with Kansas. Kansas had a nice plan. Kansas kind of checked some runs away from him. You know, um, and then they read him, you know, in the run game, which was they did a nice job. Um, and then then the teams have slid their protection to him, you know, so he's getting, you know, both inside and outside help for whoever he's going against. Uh, so that's that's something they've done. We've countered that with moving him around. You know, he's playing a lot more on the edge. He's playing a lot more end um, here recently than he has maybe. Uh, earlier in his career we, we basically he's played all four positions on the front um so we're trying to counter that and he's played you know and y'all have heard me say this and there's been a lot of growth within him you know um i don't even know what his stats are i know he just it, did he tie or break the record money for t yeah tied the record for tfls um and so you know statistically he's still showing up but he's making a lot more plays um than he's made in the past and so even sometimes like if he's getting doubled other people are getting singled and that's where we got to get some more production you know and and the other thing too is like when you start dropping you know like when you start dropping more people it's hard you know when you're only rushing three sometimes it's hard to get pressure you know so um sometimes we're we're giving a little bit you know in a pass rush to drop some more people in coverage you know so i think there's a little give and take there yeah, look, and he he's good, uh, but he he's not the best in the league. Uh, he there's a reason he's still there, and his brother, you know, obviously, as you mentioned, Darius is is going on. I mean, Dante Stills is a is a good college player. Uh, I think he does deserve some focus for sure, and I think I think part of it is because he he's good, but there's not just otherworldly people around him, so it's it's okay. He can kind of we can afford to to focus on him a bit. They're good up front. They're old up front. But this is not, in my opinion, this is not what you dealt with with Oklahoma State, where there's like, and I don't want to say there's like three or four Dante Stills types on, on on Oklahoma State, but you get my point. They they have three or four really old guys up there, where West Virginia just kind of has the one and some good pieces around him. Um, number ninety five has been talked about. I think the last name Young Blood, I think, is right. Um, uh, up front for for them, but it, it's been fascinating to hear, you know, what what teams have done. Hey, run it right at him, or let's yeah. let's just use protection and kind of. But the, then West Virginia has basically said, you know what, let's just let's not let him be uh, stuck in one spot. Let's move him around and try out different stuff, kind of like some teams do. And like we see, you know, Dallas Cowboys here use Michael Parsons. They move him all over. Tyree Wilson kind of moves around a little bit. Uh, for the Red Raiders, and so I'm. But again, he's not. He's he's not. I, I don't think he's as good as uh, as Tyree Wilson is. Uh, but he's just been around for so long, and he's a really good college football player. 
Uh, kind of reminded me of a basketball conversation going up against a really sizable big man. Do you take it right at his chin? Do you try to maneuver, you know, elsewhere on the floor? I, I don't know what exactly will be the best choice uh, for Coach Kitley in the Texas Tech offense, but but curious to see. And that that's actually good to hear from you. If if maybe they don't resemble some of the groups of years gone by, because man, I feel like West Virginia has been just been playing mean uh, mostly as a football team or in the trenches. They're physical. They're tough. Oftentimes they are old. They've got some seasoning on the roster. If any of that is lightened up <laughs> this season, that, that'll be good news for Texas Tech because, man, you've been in some fights and you've had some success, but it just seems like it's always been a, a black and blue uh, oh, yeah. ball game for the most part with West Virginia. That's the way that they're going to play football and basketball the same way. That's really their, <laughs> and, and, I mean, it, it, it's blue collar. And I think My Texas guys. Tech, Texas Tech to a certain extent has to be the same way. You're never going to have the most talent, but you better have the effort. You better have the, some sort of edge with right. you. And I think they, they kind of try to, I mean, Dana Olgerson used to have the, you know, the team run out there with a sledgehammer and they just kind of try to draw you off sides mentally and get you all uh, out of sorts and all that. Neil doesn't Neil doesn't do it like that, but they, you know, and, and I would tell you their group up front uh, on, on both sides of the ball is they're, they're, you know, they, they, they take care of their business. I mean, so I just don't know if they're quite as good on the defensive line as Oklahoma state was, or as Kansas state was, or maybe even Texas was. So, but it's not it, – it doesn't suck, that's for sure. And it's old, and <laughs> and they've got a really good player up there. Hey, we're trying to get our head uh, above 500 uh, type mm -hmm. of waters, so I don't think we can approach anybody with the mindset that, ah, no worries, they'll suck. <laughs> <laughs> it's all going to be a grind uh, for Texas Tech, including this one coming up on Saturday. Now, Coach Brown also had some advice uh, for some of his Mountaineers as they travel out to Lubbock. I'm not sure what the wind forecast is going to be, but could be a breeze, certainly – on Saturday afternoon. This doesn't involve Dante Stills because it was more so talking about how that wind uh, can impact a game in Lubbock. But, man, you want to talk about uh, keeping it simple, trying to keep guys from maybe getting out of sorts, overcomplicating things. Here's some straightforward advice uh, from Neil Brown on dealing with the environment, which could be breezy here in West Texas. Spirals, that's the biggest deal, man. Like, seriously, and, and I don't mean that kidding at all. Um <laughs> If, if, you know, the wind's going to affect the kicking game some, punting and kicking, but it shouldn't affect anything you do on offense if you throw spirals. You know, if you don't, if you don't throw a spiral, it'll affect you. But if yep. you throw spirals, um, you know, like – and I spent three years out in Lubbock, but the worst wind I've ever been in is that wind at Virginia Tech <laughs> in a game scenario. I'm not saying the worst. That, that, let me slide that back. The worst football wind – that we've been in is that wind at, at Virginia Tech um, because it was so odd, you know. Like it'll be it'll be windy in West Texas, you know. Like it's uh that's kind of what it is, but it won't won't have any greater effect on the game other than punting and kicking. You know, we just got to make sure we throw spirals. Yeah, and see, he was on that sideline. Uh, he was on the opposing sideline or the home sideline at, at, at the time that Geno Smith really struggled. So he benefited right. from uh, the wind and, uh, and watching the quarterback just really struggle. But yeah, I mean that, that's that pretty much simplifies it. Though he's right, and I don't think it's right. supposed to be too too windy. But yeah, Neil, Neil spent enough time out here. He knows uh, <laughs> he knows the deal. But uh, yeah, I just you know I think Geno Smith that particular day back in the 2011, I think we we determined it was. 
that that was more of a mental like okay i don't know what what's going on here this is not this is do i do i zip it do i float it what what do I, I mean he's just he was all over the place and the red raiders uh, pounced yeah do anything but what you did i guess and it'll wind up a little nicer than what it did on that day for top 5 west virginia uh looking forward to having neil brown back in the lbk and hope we're sending him back to morgantown uh, with a good old West Texas country whipping. Wouldn't mind that uh, either. But it was always a fan of his whenever he was here in Lubbock. And uh, mostly for the – I think I find myself rooting for him whenever he's not uh, facing Texas Tech on the other sideline. But curious to see what he'll bring to the table with some familiarity, obviously, there uh, with this place and this program. Coming up dead ahead, this program in the conference that is now run by Brett Yormark. Got that big pimp in energy, and he was strutting it. He was sticking it. He was slinging it up against the wall. Did anything stick? We'll hear from Brett Yormark as it relates to football scheduling ideas coming up dead ahead on Locked on Texas Tech. But first, let me tell you about our boy, Randall. Randall was suffering from excessive underarm sweat for over a decade, so worried about sweating through his dress shirts started tucking maxi pads in his shirt to soak up sweat. Then all of a sudden he was known around town as maxi pad pit Randall. Don't be Randall. How did Randall break out of being maxi pad pit Randall? He found sweat block. Sweat block changed the game for him, can change the game for you as Randall is able to fix his problem with sweat block. Sweat block created by a doctor to help with his own excessive sweating. So it's doctor created and doctor recommended. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try sweat block and save 20% right now with our promo code locked on. That's promo code locked on at sweatblock.com also available on amazon and also flat lands grain in hail center texas america standing by to make your life easier across the south plains as harvest season is upon us i saw these great red raiders uh, just over the weekend chris got a couple of ninos little red raiders in training i don't know if they're making their lives any easier but the folks at flatlands grain there to make your life easier and uh just 30 quick minutes from the lbk yeah we meet the goals we the yields are made and we score the touchdowns man go That's check right. these people out man yeah a couple of <laughs> couple of couple of ninos or they, they need your help man yeah they need your they need your help no we we appreciate these these folks man uh and and again those i, I always reference the cows on your screen man mm, uh, make sure happy. they make sure they get fed yeah they're smiling you just can't quite see it yeah, really, whether it's a big job, small job, just keeping your animals yes. fed, crop analysis, market experience, things stacked upon years after years after years after years. That's what you'll find at Flatlands Grain. Again, 30 quick and convenient minutes north of Lubbock and Hell Center, Texas. Give them a call at 806-839-2522, or you can check them out online at Flatlands Grain. Dot com, whether it's one truckload, thousands of bushels, just keeping the animals fed, taking care of you this harvest season, they're ready to do it at Flatlands Grain in Hale Center or online at flatlandsgrain.com. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech a part of your day, YouTube, or anywhere you get podcasts. 
please subscribe. Thanks to all of you who have so far as we are cruising toward the number 2,000. <coughs> Pardon me. <laughs> Altitude. You know, I'm still adjusted uh, being back here in God's country. Uh, God's conference commissioner, Brett Yormark, was where today talking football? Was this strictly women's basketball or is this a Big 12 basketball media day? No, <laughs> honestly, he, was went, he was in Kansas City. Uh, it is uh, it is basketball media days, men's and women's both okay. uh, over the next, you know, I, I think maybe all all t- today or yesterday or kind of a, a blend. But I've seen a lot of um, women's content, Chris. And then I was seeing yeah. Brett Yormark football clips and I thought, this is my commissioner right here. Talking well, <laughs> I mean, he it, because he's willing to talk. Yeah. And and I think when when and, he, and he's he's somewhere publicly where the media's around, and I think that they all this is what people want to know, man. I mean, they want to know absolutely they do. So they I don't know. Yeah, do we, we do we have? Yeah, that? let's get into yeah. this from uh, we'll, Brett Yormark. As in some of the things you heard us touch on this week, or you've read for yourself as far as what is projected into the future with what they want to do, divisions, scheduling, preserving matchups, etc. But here he is in a bit of a breakout session. Uh, back and forth with some members of the media today, uh, or pardon me, earlier in the week, actually, in Kansas City. We had a call this morning. Uh, we will not have divisions. Uh, we'll announce the this next year's schedule in early December, which is pretty much when it has been done previously. And over a two-year period, each of the schools will, will play each other um, at least once. So um, excited about what that schedule will look like when we finally put it out. Nine league games, we'll announce it late November, early December. Um, and I'm, I'm excited about what it'll look like. Rivalry, rivalries, rivalries we, you know, are preserved, absolutely. Looking at geography, you know, obviously, you know, from a student-athlete perspective and travel. So all those principles are part of the decision-making, but we'll end up in a great place. Yeah, so the report that came out last week, I guess it was, was dead on. I mean, which typically that's how it is. It gets floated, it gets leaked or whatever, and it, it was dead <laughs> on. Nine division games. No divisions. I mean, excuse me, nine conference games, no divisions, rivalries, and, and and all those things. And then it's it's a two year situation where you play everybody. Um, I I think a couple other things that he said, Casey, that I thought were interesting to piggyback on the scheduling comments, which we had already kind of got into, is that one on the record and really out there for everybody to hear. He basically says we absolutely have been led to believe and have been told, and we are operating as such that Oklahoma, Texas are going to be in this thing until 2025. So they've got foot on the gas. They're operating that. Now I don't know. We'll, we'll kind of see if they're, if that's just a tactic or if that's reality or if they're hedging their bet, I, I don't know, but he seemed pretty forthright on it he's been working with both schools and understands the situation that they will exit at some point but uh that that he maintains that you're going to get two more years after this one so part of me says i I just i guess i'll believe it when i see it but here's the here's the yeah i know yeah so here (laughs) but here was the thought he was very um upfront and i thought pretty brazen about the fact that even after Oklahoma and Texas leave, he he felt like that revenue would go up and, and said as much per 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 school and, and all these things. I think the Big Twelve distributed about forty three mil 
uh, per school and the last was the last kind of uh, uh, payout uh, for the league. And he's saying minus Oklahoma and Texas with the new additions that that schools should expect to get more than that. And he was like, I mean, he he didn't give anybody a number. He just said, if you're asking me if I think revenue is going to go up, yes, I do. And, you know, we all know that he's already having these early conversations with Fox and ESPN. They've, they've already kind of started to talk because they're in that that exclusive window where they can talk to current, current rights members. So we, we don't know what Amazon or Apple or uh, CBS or anybody else would want to pay. But it sounds to me like that ESPN and Fox are willing to at least pay more than what they were paying. So this is how he knows it. Or he, he's got some info that would tell him that, okay, if they're not willing to pay more, we know outside entities are. Either way, it's probably good news for the league because there was a lot of fear, man, Callan, that you're going to go the wrong way. You're going to dip and you're going to have to figure out, okay, how do we pay these coaches? How do we fund what we were doing when we're going backwards, not forwards? But it sounds like you won't have to do that. I don't think I ever really had that fear that you were going to go backwards just because of the nature of the market. I think without Texas and Oklahoma and these four Band-Aids added, you probably still stood to, what, increase five to seven, but it wasn't going to be 15 or yeah. 20 or something. So I never really had some fear that, like, oh, now you're actually going to take a pay cut. It was just that your new deal, well, number one, was never going to be as good as it would be with two blue blood uh, brands like Texas and Oklahoma, and obviously any future raises or increases uh, in deals to come will not bite off as big a chunks as they ever would with Blue Bloods. You essentially, even with like a four corner era, uh, edition or something like that, will be a Blue Blood less conference. We're about to find out what a meaty center can do for you <laughs> revenue wise, because you have that probably in aces to a degree that other no other conference does possibly. And it's kind of been that way in large part with the Big 12, say, as you compare to like the SEC or the Big 10, you were more singular elite with like only one at the top in Oklahoma. But then you're like gooey middle, meaty middle, whatever. I don't know, dad bought her if you're working out, if you get the gym membership. One of those two has always been really fierce, really competitive. So, and I, I'm not, I'm not really mad at that, Chris, because – that meaty middle in the most part is because you have fan bases, support structures, alumni, et cetera, that care a freaking lot about competing in sports. And that will still remain, but there's no doubt you're going forward as a blue blood, less conference. You're trying to make it work to the best of your ability. And I feel like just by the nature of the market and those facts still remaining, all of those that, that add up to, again, that middle being as competitive as ever, as it ever was, and probably still will be comparative to the other conferences that was still going to to wind up with an increase as you didn't get just bumped off, you know, the college sports map entirely. But th there's no way around the fact that, and I don't even know, those are just example numbers. I mean, what would it be a, another 15 or 20 million increase? I, what was the, what's Big Ten SEC with this stuff? Like 25, 30 million increases, something like that? Well, uh, they're, they're, yeah, they're talking like, Big Ten's talking like, you know, you know, in the 80, 80 mil, maybe even more than that per school range. So almost double what you're, because here, here's the, but I mean, from their previous contract, what oh, was the new, oh, I, I see, like a 20 how, mil bump or something. Yeah. How much did it grow? I get what you're saying. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know that. You're I don't never know what that they anyway. were. No, you're, you're I, and, yeah, you're just not. I want you to continue to be relevant enough to secure, um, you want to be third Time or fourth. Slots. Right, exactly. You've been third. You've yeah. been third by any metric except national media narrative. 
mm-hmm. that's got nothing to do with you. That's got more to do with location and things like that. But by any metric, the Big 12 has always been uh, behind the Big 10 and the SEC. You were hoping to not plummet to the very bottom. Well, the Pac-12 has secured the fact that you're not going to be the, the seller dweller of this thing. And I don't care if they stick around with 10 or go away entirely. That'll remain the same. There will be an edge, even if it's just a slight one, I think, for the Big 12 monetarily because they don't have as many that care uh, to compete and thus generate revenue and, and be attractive to brands, et cetera. But now the ACC and the Big 12 are like, okay, elbow in the room on the table. Like, I still want to, you know what I'm saying? Even though we know where you stand, but I'm kind of bullish about the Big 12's ability to do that. I, Wake Forest doesn't really make me flinch that much. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, what, what always concerned me was that because you were at 10 schools, that's what allowed you to make the kind of money that you were making because there was True. less mouths to feed. Now, when you add to that, uh, when they do leave, you're going to have 12 or maybe you, you balloon up to 16 if you can add some Pac-12 folks. But uh, that's where that's where I'm just I, – I you know, we, we, we're not going to know, but I'd love to know what Brett Yormark knows or what he thinks he knows, you know, and who he's talked <laughs> right. to. And, and, and is it, in fact, the conversation he's having with the, with the people that have the rights now or is it – is it, you know, a third party or a consultant that has told him if they don't want to do this, this is what we're prepared to do. And so that's what I'm kind of. But again, we're never going to know what what he knows until it's all over with. But uh, that that part would I'd be really. But he he sure was confident and he's he's got the gift of gab, man. I mean, he, he's he's sharp, uh, polished and he's out there and he's willing to uh, to, to speak about scheduling and revenue and 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 Oklahoma and Texas which uh, there's been a lot of times where it just wasn't a, a subject that everybody was comfortable talking about but he yep. certainly got into it in a, in a basketball setting uh in the last couple of days <laughs> it's amazing what a power chin will do for a man just make <laughs> make people yes. believe things you're saying and you know what I may not be all that mad certainly I'll still be entertained if he's just bluffing entirely, what if he knows nothing? He's just like, I'm just going to go out here and say some stuff and then laugh in my hotel room later and figure out what the hell I got to do. That's the way Larry Scott did it when he was running things in the West Coast. That's the way Bob Bolsby was Oh, doing man, it. I don't it want like. – uh, please don't be Larry Scott, Brett Yormark. I saw the funniest thing today on Twitter. Someone uh, tagging like the Pac-12 conference and saying, well, I couldn't get the Pac-12 network on our, our, you know, our television package, but luckily – We've got it on our refrigerator. Thanks, Larry Scott. And so they're watching it on a smart refrigerator in the kitchen through whatever obscure package they've got. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if Brett Yormark is like holding aces, if it's a pair of twos or what he's got, but he put it across in a convincing way. There's no doubt about that. And I think that'll at least uh, keep some attention uh, on the Big 12 and maybe what they got going on here so uh we'll keep our ear certainly to the ground there you like curious. the way he plays poker i do yeah that, i like I, that I he can, plays chris that. just yeah. that he goes back yeah. and forth a little bit you know i can see that and I, I'm, I'm i totally agree with you he he made me feel better about it whether we'll end up feeling better about it i don't know but for well, right now i'm like okay we got a I confident just, dude in charge i don't know about you i feel like mostly like a politician this dude is not going to destroy the Big 12 Conference. He's not going to save the Big 12 Conference. The member institutions of the Big 12 Conference and those that support those institutions will determine those fates. The, the guy in the suit in the HQ office, if he's an advantage, fine. If he's someone you have to work around, that sucks, but you probably will. They come and go. And I hope Brett Yormark can be somebody that does step in for a time being and secures the ship or continues to. But 
you know, like all this translation stuff, the company or whatever, and we're going to be young, hip and cool. It's just all gobbledygook to me. That's not going to do anything for you as a league. You need to be competitive uh, for anybody to care. And there are reasons, Chris, I don't, this comparison may be off base, but it just flew in my head. There are reasons that like a hip hop radio station can rate number one and sell nothing because the demographic, like 13 to 25, and getting cash to burn. So how they young and they hip? They don't buy anything. Yes. Yeah. How young and hip do you really want to be if you actually want to make money? So I, I, I like his presentation. I, I'm not saying it's going one way or another, but does that make sense what I'm saying? I mean, oh, I absolutely. Save the league. And I also yeah. don't think at the same point he's going to blow it up. I'm just liking the show. I'm entertained by it so far. <laughs> it's better than Bob Bowlesby's show. Hey, and he's all about entertainment. This is what the That's guy, exactly I, mean, right. I mean, this is what he is and he's about, and this is what he's been around. It's just <laughs> athletics and boxing and NBA and all kinds of stuff. I mean, you know, hip hop guys and all that stuff. Right. Yeah, he, he's a he's a showman, if anything. But I, I think he's sharp. I think he comes across well, and yeah. I appreciate his transparency for the most part. And we'll we'll see what he ultimately knows and how well, it, if those <laughs> races are twos, I guess we'll, we'll know at some point soon. Just oozing with BPE, that big pimping energy, and I'm here to enjoy the show while it lasts. Uh, coming up next on Locked On Texas Tech, Big 12 power rankings. So get limbered up because we're to it on the other side. But first, you're gearing up your team for the end of the year and into 2023. And LinkedIn is here to help because you need to find the right people to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. So right now, create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. They got simple tools to make it easy on you. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So today, LinkedIn Jobs is ready to help you find the candidate candidates you want to talk to Faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers are checking out LinkedIn? So post your job for free right now at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free with LinkedIn jobs. Terms and conditions apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for joining us on Locked On Texas Tech. It's your team every day on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts and join us each weekday for new episodes. Before we are wrapping up today's episode, we've got to get to this. It is your weekly pump up. If for no other reason, turning this show on this day, just fast forward right here and get cranked up as we get the hamster to turn in on the wheel and we plug in the heating lamp as we're ready to rank the Big 12. Does anybody know what this is? This is Batman! 
I am the key master. very powerful, okay, it takes hold of you. Feels good every week to get limbered up for Big 12 Power Rankings. If it's your first time power ranking with us in the YouTube comments, power rank with those legs, not with that back, which when somebody said that to me as a kid just made me think, more about my back. And I felt like I lifted then more with the back than with the legs. So maybe don't even think about it. Do whatever you want to. Have a good time like you always do. <laughs> Grand announcement in Casey's Big 12 Power Rankings right out of the gates, Chris. I got a new number 10. A new seller, seller dweller. Yeah. Oklahoma bump up major credit after you take down the Kansas Jayhawks. You're number nine. Congratulations, Sooners. Sorry you still got to be Sooners. Texas plummets to the basement. Not only are you still Texas, but you do it in a criminal way while assaulting, assaulting a proud permanent member of the Big 12 Conference. That's a Big 12 student athlete right there. You're also going to involve the Zebras to commit possibly the football crime of the first half of this football season. I'm not saying two times. You can suck it three times this week for that one. Number 10 in Casey's Big 12 Power Rankings. That's the Texas Longhorns, Chris. Shameful, shameful display in Austin. I was disgusted. <laughs> so so am I to understand, really, this is just a power ranking one through eight each week and that OU and Texas are going to be nine and ten? All, all I just gave you a ten and a nine. So <laughs> okay, it's a yeah. ten. Yeah, you that's can right. Tell it's a full ten. I did give a little bit of credit. <clears throat> elsewhere in my power ranking, well, not so much to the next team. That's West Virginia. You're still number eight. I mean, really, I mean, come on. You're at home and blah, 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 blah. Kansas, happy to see you drop. I love tying that anvil to Kansas's foot after they were just flying <laughs> a little too high, little too high. Number seven this week for me, Cyclone six, Baylor Bears five. Tech, you didn't screw up the open weekend, I guess. So congratulations. You're now a top four Big 12 team. Kansas State is three, Oklahoma State two. Texas Christian University, and I only take joy in saying that because they hate it when anybody says that. Texas Christian University is number one on my list, Chris. Just do Pain, painful. Yeah, do your business. I'm sorry it's, for what I said. It's, it's it's painful. There's there's so much hate here that I I'd like to spew as well. That's true. Uh, I know, and it's uh to so. Who's the worst, like, without taking our personal stance, uh, you know, let's kick that to the curb. Who's the worst team in this league right now? The worst team. It, ha it has to be Iowa State, doesn't it? I mean, they keep figuring out ways to lose. Their special teams is terrible. Their offense is worse. I mean, they just, they keep, they're in. They almost beat your number one on the road. But they, but they just keep figuring out ways to lose close games, I guess. <laughs> I don't his, have a good answer, man. Yeah. His, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the honesty. You know, Matt Matt Campbell's record in in one score games now it's it's not Scott Frost, okay, uh, mm. the ex Nebraska coach, but he's starting to put uh, the wrong kind of record together in one score games, and it goes back to 
uh, to last year and he's about to lose it. And he was very frustrated and he's telling everybody, Hey man, losers, l- losers do lose or winners do lose at times, but losers don't hide. I'm going to be right here. And he, he's doing all that kind of stuff, but <laughs> okay. they're, 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 they're just not great. I mean, they're, they're just not great. And they're, they're the only what Oh, and four team in the league right now. Um, I, so, yeah, I guess so yeah, I mean, so it, it's, uh, it just, to me, they looked inept on offense. It looks like they've always had the stud running back. Um, you know, Xavier Hutchinson's a pretty good wide out. Hunter Deckers is it is it just terrible, but he's just kind of a guy. But they just look painful to watch. They look Big Ten, Big Ten esque uh, <laughs> at, at times when I'm watching on offense. Yep. But uh, yeah, but I, I so that that's bottom for me. Okay, and then and and there's so much jumbled up in the middle. But I do agree with you about TCU, and it's painful. I I will say this. TCU, the, the battle of uh, who gets to 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 rep the color of purple and feel good about it, it comes on Saturday night in Fort Worth. And, and I think Kansas State, coming off a of bye week, mind you, if TCU plays the way that they did in that first half, because I mean Oklahoma State, let's be honest, man, they they, they kind of they botched it. They should have yes. won that game. But I think it just shows you they're not world beaters either. They they're they're good, but they're not what they were last year, and they're they're just kind of. Whole home at times. Tech wasn't good enough to take advantage. TCU was, but that's a two touchdown game in the fourth quarter mm. uh, in Fort Worth, and Oklahoma State just couldn't hang on. Uh, but TCU muffed a punt. They they just kind of you know just kicked it around a little bit, kind of came out flat a little bit. If, if they do that against Kansas State, man, because Kansas State's defense is much better than Oklahoma State's, uh, TCU will be in trouble. And that's under the lights and and all those things. But at some point, I just don't know if TCU is going to show up with their lunch pail uh, on a Saturday and it's going to catch them. I mean, it, it's going to, it's going to get them. I just don't, I don't see them rolling through. And here's the scary part. Okay. Here's the, here's the real scary part. They are the best possibility you have in the big 12 to go to the college football playoff. Oh, I personally yeah. don't think you have anybody that's going to go. I just don't think you have that team, but they're the best. They have the best chance. Thanks to Kansas state freaking losing to Tulane and uh, some of that silliness. Uh, but, uh, but, but I do have, I do have the Wildcats at two. I, I do have Texas three, Oklahoma state four. Then we kind of go Kansas tech Baylor in some order. It doesn't really matter. It'll, it'll get sorted out in the next couple of weeks. But, uh, um, I, I just, you know, the, the worst team is clearly Iowa state to me. I think they're clearly the best team, although I, I, I'm not sure if I feel really comfortable saying clearly, but, but how, how can you say otherwise when they've beaten, everybody and that's uh that's tcu but everything else is kind of just this jumbled up mess it's scrabble right now on my board and i don't know the word for uh you know parody i don't know how many <laughs> i don't know how many points that scores me but <laughs> i really feel like i mean first off all that just adds up to a lot of fun every weekend like we've yeah had some I, I, wild games so i'm completely not agree. at it all because look uh, at vegas look what vegas is saying with these games each week Th- this is all like two, three, four, five, six. I mean, they're they're all single digit point spreads yeah. uh, for the most part, week to week, and that's what. And you're and you're just getting. And, and Vegas has been dead on with a lot of this, and that they're just right there. And so I, I, I'm with you, man. Uh, it, it was fun to sit back and watch uh, other teams get at it uh, last week, and I hope to watch that Kansas State TCU game Saturday night because the Red Raiders will all be over with. And you know, it would just be about like Kansas State to what. Just rip a win right off and maybe look good doing it. And a then thousand thinking, percent. We yep. know even less. I'm curious, before we let you go, uh, you gave K-State a bump. I mean, and thank you, by the way, to Locked on Texas Tech listeners 
who were just, I mean, scolding Chris Level high and low in the YouTube comments for his UT at number one. Did what I mean, what did you really think about the Longhorns in that performance? Because I kind of felt like they 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 didn't they didn't I mean that's yeah. why I bumped them down. They didn't I yeah, mean okay. I I think they're cl- now granted I and I get the hate. I'm just trying to try to keep it honestly <laughs> real with what I see, okay, and, and all that stuff. And I and I, I hate Texas too. But again, the worse we rank Texas, the worse that Texas Tech really is because that's your best win by far. But I, I, I thought they came out kind of flat. I thought they it was an 11 a.m. game. They killed Oklahoma the week before. That's a huge rivalry game. They hadn't beaten Oklahoma in four straight tries. Uh, but they could have easily, you know, gotten got, uh, oh, you know, yeah. against Iowa State. And uh, But, again, there's going to be some of these weeks where even some of the good teams, you, you just have to survive it. You have to survive it. I think we can look at what TCU did against Oklahoma State. You can look at what the Red Raiders, you know, had to do against uh, Texas whenever they got their big win and against Houston. Yep. Sometimes it may not look pretty, but you, you're just looking for a result, man. You're just looking for a result. And, and like that Texas Oklahoma State game now, that's a doozy in Stillwater on Saturday. Oh, and that that lines up, and that's going to decide some of these power rankings too, because neither one of those teams can really afford a loss at all to try to maintain their relevancy in the uh in the conference standings and really if you have any chance at a, at the playoffs or anything like that you just can't you can't drop that game and i'm sure the uh, smell of sulfur was uh, there in the air at dkr over the weekend as the spirit of randy crystal was certainly with all the zebras with whistles uh as texas closed out what a sourpuss he was man <laughs> Jeez, he, he, they, they teach you, you know, and this is why I can never be an official. I'm too emotional. Like I get too wound up. I get, I get too excited or frustrated or angry. Uh, not Sonny Dykes angry like he was on the Woo. sidelines, but Randy Cristal, he would lose it. He, he would kind of start barking back. I'm like, wait a second. No, you can't do that. Like not the, that's a bad look for an official. Cause then it's like, he get red in the face. I'm like, now, whatever you call, I can't take you seriously, man. I don't trust you. I don't trust poor, you. Poor you Iowa state, dude. Hadn't Iowa state taken some of the most visible longhorn screw jobs. I mean, I'm thinking of that. Other, wasn't there one at the goal line a few years back? Uh, you know, I don't feel sorry for Iowa state at all. Screw those people. Yeah. I, I don't, I mean, it, it's cold. They, 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 they've wore us out for so many years. I don't feel sorry. Matt Campbell, he, cur- he curves oh, that hat way too much for me. Uh, I, yeah, what are you trying I, I to hide under them brows, Matt? What are you <laughs> exactly. trying to hide? And I, you know what? He should have left. He, he had mm, multiple opportunities, yep. and now you got to reap what you sow, buddy. Deal with it. And you're <laughs> sorry offense. I'm sorry. I'm, see, more I'm going well, Randy Cristal. I'm getting way too wound up, man. More well wishes to Matt Campbell and the Iowa State uh, faithful. <laughs> Iowa State yeah. week coming up on a Locked on Texas Tech week near you. All right, uh, coming up tomorrow, we are back at it, of course, as we're getting closer to the Red Raiders and Mountaineers. We talked about one positional group yesterday that being the wide receivers i want to turn to another on the offensive side of the ball uh coming up tomorrow that being the guys behind whoever qb1 is going to be and that actually is now three not two as we've got a return uh to that running back room that maybe could provide a little versatility so we'll get to that and more coming up tomorrow on locked on texas tech and of course hope that you today will get to locked on big 12 making it your second listen right here on the locked on podcast network subscribe 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 and we have a chance remember to tell somebody to subscribe on youtube to locked on texas tech and we'll see you tomorrow chris thanks for the time once again man enjoyed it as always absolutely yes sir keep hope alive my man we're back at it tomorrow with a new episode on youtube or anywhere you get podcasts for the only chris level 
I'm Casey Cowan. It's Locked On Texas Tech.